Have you thought this through? No way will that work. Are you sure? Is there any money in that? You'll never make any money doing that. How are you going to pay the mortgage? Just get a job. Are you going to try and settle that? Why can't you be normal like everybody else? Oh, all right. Will your parents want to? The savvy entrepreneur to the rescue. Congratulations. That really turned out well. Hello out there. Welcome to the Savvy Entrepreneur. We are broadcasting live today on WLCB 101.5 FM from the greater Chicago, Milwaukee area. I'm your host, Doris Nagel, because I am a crazy entrepreneur myself and I love helping other entrepreneurs. I've counseled many startups and small businesses as part of my law and consulting practice, and I've also helped in, or started at least nine different startups. Candidly, with varying degrees of success, I've made some money, I have lost some money, and along the way made plenty of mistakes. And my passion is to help others not make some of those mistakes and share what I've learned and also to find other experts who will share their expertise and advice and so keep learning. The Savvy Entrepreneur Show has two goals. First, to help accelerate entrepreneurs' success by sharing tools, tips, and resources to make their journey faster and easier. And second, to inspire current business people as well as those who are thinking about taking the plunge. And because this show is for you, my listeners, I welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about, a complaint you have, a challenge that you're dealing with and you'd like a little help with, by all means, email me at dnagel at lakesradio.org, and I'll do my best to either answer it or find somebody else who can answer it. And with that, I'd like to introduce our guest for today. I am delighted to have with us and here in the studio, Robert Steiner, who goes by Bo, yep. um, who is the Illinois District Director of the U.S. Small Business Administration, which, because the government loves acronyms, is mostly called the SBA. So Bo joined the SBA in 2013, so he's been there quite a while. He's an old hand at this, and leads SBA's operations across the state of Illinois. The Illinois District team of small business experts has an entire ecosystem that they they use to support delivery of capital, technical assistance, and access to government contracting. Prior to joining the SBA, Bo served served with the Department of Homeland Security, and before that worked in the private sector at DMX and Stryker with roles in executive management, sales, and marketing. He's a U.S. Naval Academy graduate. Thank you for your service, Bo. Ten years he served in the Navy as a commissioned officer and a naval aviator. During his naval career, he deployed multiple times in support of naval operations all over the world. Bo, thank you so much for being with us today. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Let's just start with what, what the heck is the SBA? I don't know, probably a lot of people have heard about it, but maybe some haven't. So what does, what's the SBA? 
Sure. So SBA is, as you mentioned, an independent federal agency. And our mission, what we think about every single day is how we can help small businesses start, grow, expand, and recover. And that encompasses a wide range of resources and tools that we work with partners across the country, across the state of Illinois, to help small businesses and entrepreneurs achieve their goals and support that entrepreneurial ecosystem like you mentioned. Many people have heard of SBA loans. That's kind of, I'd say, the flagship that we're known for. But there's a whole host of programs and resources that are available at the local level and typically at no cost to the user. Which which should be great news for entrepreneurs who are usually pretty strapped for cash. Absolutely. So so there's all these, these resources like small business counseling, where you can get advice on how to start a business, how to grow your business, help with government contracting, if that's a space that you're interested in pursuing. So, And it's a complicated space. You know, there's, oh a, there's some tips and tricks. So getting the inside track from a government agency about how to contract with the government is probably a huge bonus. So that's good to know about. Yeah, I don't think anybody would be surprised that there's some red tape to work with the government. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. So you mentioned that you do counseling. How do you do that? Is it through your, your staff or through workshops or online courses? How, how, how do you do that? Sure. So there's a range of of resources and tools out there. Uh, We do have a team in Illinois, about 16 strong, that is always looking for opportunities to help small businesses and get them to that right resource. But where the, I'd say the rubber meets the road is with our network of what we call resource partners. So these are organizations that are at least partially funded by the SBA that provide that no cost counseling advising to small business owners. Key among those are the Small Business Development Center Network, which is run by the state. And there's- So those are, so just to interrupt you, Robert, those are what people call the SBDC, the Small Business Development Center? Because I, I know yeah. like Lake County Community College has one of those, right? Correct. Okay, yep. so that that's what you mean by that. Yep, the SBDC. We like our acronyms, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. I know. So I and usually come, try to. And you come from the military, which is which is probably the worst of the lot about that. So, <laughs> so yeah. So there's uh, there's over thirty SBDCs across the con- or across the state. So really, anywhere you are, you have access. And as you mentioned, Lake County Community College has an amazing center that provides loads of resources to local small businesses. So highly recommend that organization. So do all the community colleges basically have an outpost, if you will, of the SBA? No, you know, it can be local community colleges, but there's other nonprofits that host SBDCs universities. So it's not just the community college network, but it's typically some kind of organization has a mission to serve small businesses and entrepreneurs or has some connection to an academic institution. But they're all interested in helping with the economic development of their local communities, which small businesses play a key role in as a a real driver in the economy. So I I kind of interrupted you. We were mentioning that there's a number of arms of the SBA 
And so the SBDCs are the small business development centers that are sprinkled throughout the different communities in the state. And I assume probably pretty similar in all the states because obviously the SBA is a federal agency. So we're talking about the Illinois organization, but for those of you who may be listening in Wisconsin or listening via a a podcast or streaming and are somewhere else, I'm sure there's a very similar kind of setup for the SBA across the country. Yeah, absolutely. So every state has a small business development center network that is uh, fully accessible. One of the one of the missions of the SBDC is to be located and accessible to the communities that they serve. So they're typically spread pretty broadly across the various states. And again, they have professional staff focused on serving the small business community. These are full-time employees who are working with small businesses and they're trained to do so. So they do a great job. What's really cool though is we have another organization that we work with called SCORE. So SCORE is a volunteer organization. We provide some funding to their national organization and then there's local chapters across the country. Again, northern part of Chicagoland has a chapter that serves small business owners. And what is really unique about SCORE is it's volunteers. So these so the volunteers come from a wide range of different backgrounds and experience. So you could have somebody who's an expert in accounting or finance, logistics, or right. come from a particular industry where right. you're looking for specific right. insight and expertise. So right. Really I, you cool. know, I actually used um, the SCORE services. So it's S-C-O-R-E, yet another acronym. I don't know what it stands for, but it's usually spelled all in capital letters, I think. But you fill out a form, basically, and you tell them what your challenge is, what your business idea is, and then they will help line up for you people. So let's say you're trying to decide how to do a website or what your website should look like and how to maintain it and host it. And they have people who are, you know, have spent their entire careers being website experts who can answer your your questions and it's it's completely free so yep. you know i had great success with it. i highly recommend it yeah and they and they can pull from a network of eleven thousand mentors across the country wow so if you think about just the diversity of expertise and experience that you can you can pull from it's pretty remarkable and there are well, a- absolutely right i mean in today's world obviously you don't have to be close by and drive to meet him in person. You can Skype or go to a meeting or whatever and talk to people wherever who have the expertise. Absolutely, and and they're a great, they provide great synergy with the small business development centers too because you know the SBDC might not have that specific industry expertise or something like that, but then you throw on the expertise of a SCORE mentor who's like, yeah, I was in logistics for 20 years. I mean, what better, resource can you it's almost building out your own board of advisors yeah fantastic so you're starting to touch on how the sba is organized but how should somebody who wants to find out more about the sba and all of its resources and programs where do they go do they go to the district office should they go to their local sbdc office should they call score what what should they do so we always encourage people, I mean, nowadays, right, to go to our website because it's been retooled 
to be more small business and entrepreneurial focused. So uh, that's at www.sba.gov. And it's a tremendous resource. There's so much information there. Including- I think there's even like a pre-recorded webinars and things like that. Aren't- and I know you do tons of workshops too. Sure. So yeah, so you can go to the website. And it'll show you. It, it, has, it does have pre-recorded kind of online learning Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's probably a better description than a webinar. But it also has a calendar. So if you look at, for example, you can search for your local area. It'll tell you all the events that the SBA district office is hosting, as well as what many of our small business development centers and SCORE are doing. So if you're looking for, I want to start my business in Illinois, then it would probably tell you, okay, Lake County is doing a starting your business in Illinois workshop on date X. And in fact, they do actually do that pretty regularly because I get their mailing. So Uh, absolutely. So, so it's a great resource. There's also a local assistance page on our website where you can put in your zip code and it'll tell you all of the local resources. Of course, if you're not sure where to go or what resource might be the best, you can reach out to the district office and we are yeah. always looking for opportunities to get you to the to the right person or or resource at that point in your entrepreneurial journey. Fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about small businesses and some of the challenges that they deal with. I read somewhere, and I think it might even be a Department of Commerce statistic, but but that there's an incredible number of new businesses that start up every year, but that something like 40% fail in the first year and that 80% fail within the first five years. Is that, is that number really right, do you think? You know, those are federal statistics for sure that I've heard yeah. as well, or I've read I mean, as that, well. that's a shocking, that's, it, that's dismaying, you know? It is, I, I, I think there has been, you know, so I, I think it's all kind of contextual though, is looking at what those small businesses are and, you know, the details of how they actually collect that data, it, I think it could skew the, the information a little bit. Um, but from my perspective, it's really uh, one of the keys is that um, there are small businesses that are going to fail, but a lot of people, maybe they decide to start a small business and they incorporate, so it's counted as a new business, but they're still working oh, full time. Oh, I see. Right? So that might skew so, it. it. It failed in the sense that the individual is no longer working, but the corporation that they formed is. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So so I think it's important to provide context in, in those areas because I see loads of small businesses that start and, you know, they're well over their two-year mark, right? And yeah. So, but I think the key is for small business owners is to really think through what you want to accomplish and what your goals are from the standpoint of what kind of business you want to run and to seek out that assistance to help you navigate everything because all the decisions that you make, whether it's how you incorporate, you know, am I going to be a sole proprietor? Or do you incorporate? Or, yeah. Right. You know, how do I find the right advisors, lawyer, yeah. accountant? All these decisions can really impact the success of that business in making sure that they're positioned to 
to be successful over yeah how am, I, how am i going to pay for things that's a pretty right. pretty high up on most entrepreneurs list of what they're right. what they're going to do so so i my wife's a, an entrepreneur so i what, what I, does she do by the way she's a clinical psychologist she okay. has a practice in the western suburbs so since we've been together she started that business so i've seen it really i guess Secondhand entrepreneur on my front. Well, she's uh, great. She's got her own score advisor yeah. <laughs> sitting right there looking over her shoulder, which is great. So, what separates the successful ones from the ones that fail, at least in your experience? And, you know, I'm sure you hear tons of stories talking to people out there in your career with the SBA. Yeah, you know, I think so. A couple things that really stand out for me personally is. Number one, having some kind of expertise in the area that you want, the business area that you want to start, right? If you don't have any restaurant experience, it's often difficult <laughs> to go into that business. Yeah, and I'll and, attest to that. One of my businesses was a, what I thought was kind of a career pivot, but it turned out to be venturing into an area that I really, I think it was hard because I got, I got the credentials, but I didn't have the network. Mm, yeah. To start tapping into the right people for that business, yeah. and that's that's a that's a key piece, I think. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah. In my at least in my experience, it's really important for people who want to make a big career change. So it's one thing if you, um, I guess, you're an accountant and you're with a big firm, and you decide you want to set up your own shop. That makes a lot of sense. That's a natural progression a lot of people make. But if you're an accountant and you decide you want to set up a bakery, that may require some interim steps to to kind of get there thoughtfully. A hundred percent. You know, like working in the bakery on the weekend or something. I don't know. I mean, and it's not that that's not doable. I mean, that's just one factor that can contribute to success. Or, or not, right? But the other part is finding that niche, right? Yeah. You can't be everything to everybody. And right. so figuring out what that right flavor that you bring that's going to appeal to a clientele that you can build that business right. off of is, right. is key. And right. then you mentioned it for sure, building that network, right? So having a network that you can call on to, whether it's a business network where you can share ideas to develop for your business development purposes. Right, somebody who can tell selling. you you're completely out of your mind or tell you things that maybe you should think about or plan for that you didn't think through, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then and then I think the other thing is just really thinking through your idea before yeah. you dive in is thinking through the whole process. And that could be sitting with a small business development center counselor and just talking through, hey, this is what I'm thinking, and then starting to build out a business plan something like that where you've given it a decent amount of thought and you know directionally where you want to go and you have kind of a big picture at least that's going to guide you down that path is pretty key so how many people that you see actually come to you with with that or is it more just kind of unformed i want to run a bakery and i i you know i've always wanted to do that or have an ice cream shop or something sure i think it's everywhere from Hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. Can you give me an idea of what kind of business I should? <laughs> to people that are, they've run businesses before, they've been entrepreneurs before, they 
it is a different industry that they're going into, but they understand how to start, how to finance and how to do all those things to support business. So it's kind of the range, but I would say that the ones that are, are most successful again are those ones that have like that niche that they know they can serve and maybe they've got some experience in that space. I think it's not just a niche, but in my experience, making sure that there's a market for it. Mm -hmm. So you can make the best orange raspberry pies, but if nobody wants to eat them, or bubblegum pies, and, and people think that sounds awful and they don't want to buy them, you can have a lot of things right, but yeah. it may not be... It, but there may not be a market for it or not enough of a market. What problem are you solving, right? I guess if you want to really distill it down, that's the bottom line is what people are looking for is that problem that, that you're solving. And if it's a really, it's something that is a real pain point for people, then all of a sudden, if they can't find that orange cream pie or whatever, and that's something that they really want, then they're solving their problem. And Right, or, or you may have to project that your sales cycle is going to be longer because part of what you're going to have to invest in is building awareness and a demand for right. bubblegum pie or whatever. You Create know. the problem. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, there, there, I think some of the hardest sells are what I call nascent needs or the missionary sell, which is you know people need something, but they don't know they need it. Or you, th you think they need it. So then you have to try to build awareness and education about why they're not seeing the problem the way you are and why you're the natural solution for it. But that, yeah. that, that's definitely a, a, a challenging type of business. I would just to touch on that. I do think you see a lot of that though now in the technology space where, yeah. and, and it really is applicable to any any business or idea right. is that idea of you have the idea, you go out and you test it, you get feedback from your customers and you continue to evolve and being right. open-minded to that evolution is, is right. one of the keys I think that can help somebody who has that idea and they want to evangelize it. You don't even know this is a problem. Well, but, I mean, you know, look I'm, at look at iPhones. You yeah. know, uh, twenty five years ago, nobody knew they needed an iPhone, and now people pay outrageous sums of money for them. Right? I mean, yeah. there's a good example. It's a great example. So we touched on business planning, and so I think the the market research and planning how you're going to do things, how you're going to block and tackle, the milestones you're going to look for, is really an important part of getting started as an entrepreneur. And I know the SBA is really passionate about helping entrepreneurs really do a good job with business planning. Talk a little bit about what, you know, what is business planning and why is it so important? Sure. So I look at business planning as that roadmap for your business and your strategy. Now, it's kind of an evolving roadmap, I would say, but it really lays out, I think, for a small business owner, certain checkpoints and milestones that they want to achieve as they go through building their, their business. And it could be anything from a one-year plan, three-year plan, five-year plan, but I think the key is that you've got kind of the key things that you want to accomplish laid out with timelines and and your deliverables so that you can hold yourself accountable 
to a certain strategy. Well, can't can I do that in my head? I mean, you know, writing all that down is a lot of work. Can I can I just like you know talk you through it? Well, first off, when you write something down, then and you reread it, it really kind of distills. Okay, where are some gaps? Where are things that I need to refine? Bo, hold that thought. We have to take a break for station identification and a word from our sponsors. Hi there, we're back with Bo Steiner, the Illinois District Director of the SBA, the Small Business Administration. So we were talking a little bit about business planning and why you really need to write this stuff down. I know it is a lot more work to write down a whole business plan, but you were starting to explain before we took the station break why it's so important to write it down and why it helps. Yeah, so I think once you write it down and you reread it, then you start to see where maybe some of the gaps are, some of the unanswered questions, and that can help you go back and refine your thought process, number one. Number two, when you have it written down, you can share it with other people. They can take a look at it and they can give you feedback. And that's particularly relevant with, for example, the SBDC, the Small Business Development Centers, SBDCs, or SCORE, or whatever advisory people you have in your or your life. bank if you need to borrow money maybe that's a little little detail there for sure and people tend to get overwhelmed with the business plan which is why i think they don't want to write it down well it's, My- it's scary to commit to it too i mean let's face it if it's in your mind you, you got some wiggle room maybe you'll go this way maybe you'll go that way but when you write it down you're kind of making a commitment to yourself, I think. Sure, yeah, no, that's, I would, I would agree 100%. I, I guess my counsel to small business owners would be, your business plan, there's a lot of different models for what your business plan can look like. There's everything from two-page business plans, which are great for entrepreneurs who are just starting, to the full-blown business plan, which you're gonna take to your bank when you wanna say, hey, this is my plan, these are my financial projections yeah. that are gonna prove that I can repay this loan. So don't be daunted by this giant plan that you think of as this binder sitting on your on your. <laughs> yeah, because bookshelf. I have seen some that are pretty darn detailed and long. So how, how, do I, how do I know how big my plan needs to be or how detailed it needs to be? Again, I'm, I, I favor going to the Small Business Development Center or having somebody who's an expert in helping businesses start or helping them access financing, helping them grow. Same with SCORE, to sit down with those advisors and start walking through it because they, what I always say is, they have a process they're gonna walk you through. Because when you're starting a business, the world is huge. And you don't know, there's a million well, you things you need to do. You don't know what you don't know even. Right, and so what's most important at that particular time? And they can help you focus in on writing that part of the business plan. and. Maybe the other, you know, maybe certain parts are more important at that time than others are. So, so I think working with one of these advisors is huge in just helping to focus effort and energy. Yeah. They're not going to do the work for you, but they're going to bring a level of perspective and accountability to right. the process that helps you get from point A to point B. And you can't just be, I mean, I, for me, it's kind of like, if I make a commitment, then I better do it before that next meeting with the, with the there counselor. There is some or, of that. There is, and that's know. an important piece of it because uh-huh. that's something I think a lot of people don't realize when they leave maybe a traditional job or the corporate world is that 
They think it's great not to, to be their own boss and not to have the boss telling them what to do. But then the flip side of that is that if you don't hold yourself accountable, eh, the days and the weeks can slip by. And before you know it, you, you're back to your job because you don't have any money because you didn't use your time effectively. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think one of the other things, you know, there's a lot of templates out there. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's templates on your website. There's probably, you know, probably Google business plan templates or examples, and there's probably a million of them. But I gather one of the things, rather than being overwhelmed by that, maybe one of the things to do is to find one of these people in your network to help you sort through all that to find which one is the best one for you to even start with. Because it can be a little overwhelming. There are a lot of business plan templates out there. Yeah, totally. Uh, we're, we live in a world where we have an abundance of choice. And to the extent that it's almost impossible to make a decision sometimes. So, it's, yeah, it can be overwhelming. You can go down a lot of rabbit holes looking for the best, yep. you know, whatever. So having that advisor or that person that can say, hey, here's one or two or three to look at as far as options. You could use the SBA. We have a template online. The Small Business Development Center network uses another approach that is highly responsive to the individual needs of that business owner and where they are in their small business process. SCORE has similar tools. So if you go to those those organizations, you're gonna get something that's been refined over time that they believe right. in and that they're committed to and they have expertise on supporting. So so that's what I recommend. And as you say, the bonuses, they can help hold you accountable right. so that it doesn't sit there staring you in the eye for two weeks and you find you really haven't made a lot of progress doing it. I can attest to personal experience. It's sometimes very hard when you're first starting, especially to make those financial projections, because you have no idea how long it's going to take you and even some of the expenses that you might need to incur. Mm -hmm. You don't know the length of the sales cycle. You don't, you know, you don't even for sure, for sure know if there's a demand for your product. So having somebody help you with some of that, I think, can be really helpful because it's hard looking at a blank sheet of paper and somehow trying to take your great idea and turning it into something that's real. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And you hit it on the head. As a new entrepreneur, you don't even know the right questions to ask because you don't know what you don't know. I think you said that earlier and that's so true. It's kind of like, you've got a million things to think about and right. a, lot of, a lot of the questions that come up, just they don't come up until you experience them and then you're kind of like, oh. That seems pretty obvious, but I never would have thought of that. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about business plans really in the context of a brand new startup, but really business plans are for all businesses, right? A hundred percent. So as a business becomes more mature, a lot of times the problems and the challenges become more mature as well and more complicated. So having that plan that's more robust that you're looking at on a regular basis over time, I've evolved on this, but we used to talk about, hey, you want to review your business plan at least every year to make sure that it still matches up. Uh, more and more, I, I feel like 
the business plan should be a working document that you're constantly using as you review on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis your progress as a business overall and like hey i laid out these things that i wanted to accomplish this quarter right did we do them no if not how do we adjust how do we right. move forward why not what did we not anticipate that now we have to build into our plan right so so you're taking what you're learning and you're constantly adjusting because that's really what makes a business successful is the ability yeah. to pivot and to change direction as needed based on what you learn from the marketplace, what you're learning from the economy, um, what you're learning from everything that you're doing, you know, and from your customers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's got to be a living document. It, I certainly wouldn't advocate people investing a lot of time in something that they're going to put on a shelf and never look at again. You know, and you alluded to this earlier that I sort of envision a business plan sort of like an onion, you know, with different layers. And you can start out with just, you know, a two-page plan that sketches out your basic big idea and how you think you're going to go about it. And then as you get a little more experience, maybe it turns into a five-page or a 10-page plan. And that's pretty easy because now you've been working with the business mm -hmm. and you have a lot more data to be able to. And, and I think that's okay that it, that it evolves and it grows with you. I think it should. Yeah. I think it should. And, you know, it, it definitely will become more complicated or more robust plan as you start looking at accessing financing right because you're going to talk to a lender who wants to you want to you need to sell them on on you as a business as you as a business owner that your plan is solid and that they they've got the documentation in hand to say yes the owner has the experience they've got the vision for where this plan is going and they're able to articulate that the cash flows of this business are going to be able to support the debt service that they're going to have. Well, you mentioned earlier in the show that one of the SBA's flagship programs, or maybe one of the things it's, it's at least some people know it best for, is the SBA loan program. Talk a little bit about what SBA loans are, and you know what does the SBA look for when you loan money to businesses? Sure. So, uh, one of the most important things to recognize is that SBA is not actually the lender of oh, record interesting. for these loans. They're all oh. made by commercial lenders that you see every day on Main Street or, or in your community who are approved SBA lenders. And what SBA does is we guarantee the loans oh, that they make to small businesses. So. You can look at it from the standpoint of SBA is mitigating some of the risk that lenders may perceive. Well, absolutely. In if you're businesses. guaranteeing the loan, I mean, you can have a really kind of poopy credit score. <laughs> I mean, assuming you get through the SBA loan qualification process, but your credit score might not be so hot, but um, the bank will still loan you the money because SBA is guaranteeing the loan. Yeah, we, we definitely have some programs that are focused on people that maybe have less than ideal credit scores. SBA's programs are pretty interesting because it really covers the continuum of the small business owner's credit, ability to access financing. We work with organizations, nonprofit organizations that do microloans, anywhere up to $50,000. 
Very and, interesting. And, and that those, sounds like a ton for a lot of small businesses. That's, that's really all they need. Yeah, and I'd say the average microloan is probably around $12,000. Yeah. But these loans, you know, they they do look at credit score, but their credit credit window, if you will, is much broader than a conventional lender. Uh, so it's a great tool for business owners that maybe don't have perfect credit but have a great idea. Yeah. Hey, I want to invest in a food truck or I want to invest whatever it's a great way to kind of start and the beauty of it is you're also building your credit as you pay that loan off right your credit gets better and better yeah whole idea being that then you become bankable and you're able to go to a conventional lender who maybe can lend with a sba loan where that where you have that guarantee wow that's neat that's really good so if i wanted to get an sba loan or i thought i might what how would i go about doing that what what would i do and what would the process look like? Sure. So first thing I always say is if you, when you're ready to access, go to a bank for a loan is, and I know I'm banging this drum, but it's go to, to speak with an SBDC or SCORE because I feel like one of the things that we goal them on is helping small businesses access capital, so getting loans. So they know what the banks are looking for, and they can help sure, make sure that you're prepared to go in to have that conversation with the banker. The second step really is identifying potential lenders that you want to engage with. Typically, we recommend you go to your current bank of record because they know you. They know your accounts. Absolutely. It's a great resource. However, sometimes it's also good to go out and see what the marketplace looks like. And we help with that through a program called Lender Match on SBA's website, which is really a, a matchmaking between borrowers and interested lenders. It's really quick. Borrower puts in, I think they answered maybe 20 questions. It should take like five to 10 minutes. Wow. Almost and as good as quick and long. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and then it sends it out to a network of lenders who then if there's interest, they'll say, yes, I'm interested. A connection's made and then follow-up discussions. Can ah, happen. and so that's where the qualification. So you're not really looking for things in it. That, that's more the lender's job is to look for. And by the way, we are going to have a lender come on in October uh, in one of our sessions on the show to talk about what they look for specifically mm -hmm. in issuing business loans, which should be an interesting follow-up discussion from this. So do you want to talk at all about the, some of the upcoming programs or initiatives that the agency has, you know, that the community might want to know about or be on the watch for? Sure. So as SBA, we've got uh, loads of programs, as, as we've discussed. Some of the areas that we're really focused on right now are uh, increasing our access to resources and, and, and tools in are more rural and main street areas. So look for upcoming road shows where we get out and from the SBA standpoint, as well as our partners to engage with small businesses and communities across the state. Um, there, there are pockets that need help. I grew up in a little town in uh, Western Illinois and it was a, like a lot of towns. It was a company town, mostly agriculture, which now has gotten bigger and bigger and like a lot of small towns, the big manufacturing plant, which was GE, folded mm -hmm. up shop, and frankly, uh, that community is hurting, you know? And, and it's not alone. There are tons of those small communities. 
It, it's true. I was just out in uh, Dixon this past week, and yeah, my old staffing. I grew up in Morrison, okay. so, so I have skipping a jump from Dixon. I think what the exciting part about being in places like that when I've gone out to places like that is just that you know there are there's always a core group of entrepreneurs that continue to want to like grow their communities and and wow that's and neat be yeah. entrepreneurs and and. Illinois has so much, so many great resources out there. I mean, we've got these rivers that cities are on or these yeah. towns are on. So it's really exciting. But and the people are genuine and warm and friendly. I yep. can tell you that from, I'm biased, of course, but, you know, but uh, so they, they're bedrock people. They really are. Yeah, no, for sure. So that's, that's important. Uh, we are focused on supporting this Opportunity Zone program which is basically it's a investment program where these opportunities and funds are created to help offset uh, tax, federal taxes on capital gains, but they're intended for investment in what have been designated as opportunity zones. So some examples in Lake County would be Zion, probably uh, North Chicago, but the key is it's, it's a driver of investment in communities that maybe haven't seen as much investment over time and yeah. we're looking to educate inform and hopefully support bringing investment into into those communities private private investment the other area that we're focused on is exporting oh so international yeah. trade is is a key and we work with the state of illinois around a program called step which is state trade export promotion grants but it's basically grants so i SBA, we normally don't talk about grants because we don't give small business owners grants, but this is one grant program to help small businesses who are interested in exporting go on a trade mission, update their website so that it is foreign language accessible to yeah. get some kind of international certification. So it's pretty cool. Well, it is. And, you know, um, it's interesting. People, a lot of small businesses think, you know, hey, I just, you know, I got plenty of customers here in the U.S. And that may be true, but the world is, you know, people say the world is getting smaller. It really is getting smaller. And I've, I've worked with an increasing number of businesses that actually started somewhere else. Um, they just found that it was easier to make the sale, that there was more customer acceptance, fewer regulatory roadblocks maybe. And so exporting is, it's not just for big companies. It's not just for super mature businesses that have tapped out their market in the U.S. Oh, for sure. And, you know, the Internet has definitely right. changed the world for right. small businesses and exporting. And we hear so much that a small business is an accidental exporter because somebody in Canada or somewhere else saw their website and said, right. I want that. And all of a sudden, now they're an exporter. And yeah. they, they have to figure it out. But then it becomes a business line in a new area of expansion for them, which helps them grow massively. I mean, you know, yeah. you could be anywhere. You could be the world is in your oyster, as they say. A small town, as a book reseller, and sell to the world. So yeah. it's uh, it's, it's a huge, huge opportunity. It is really. One last question before we wrap up. So how did you come to the SBA and what was it about the SBA that, that really made you think this is, this is where I want to be? Sure. So having spent about 
a little over eight years in the private sector. I really got a feel for the business community and the challenges. When I was in private sector, it was during the Great Recession. So I saw firsthand all of the challenges and had the opportunity to come to the Department of Homeland Security, but then saw the SBA as a way that I could give back in a different way, having had private sector experience understanding the challenges that small businesses face was uh, a really cool opportunity that I couldn't I couldn't give up um, yeah I come from a family that were entrepreneurs oh really oh that helps a lot so you know I saw my dad working he was an independent insurance salesman so you know, he grew his own business. P- P- Entrepreneurs and, come in a lot of different yeah. forms. It's not just somebody who, you know, thinks of creating Google or Uber, you know, and has this unicorn business. That Entrepreneurs are all over the place. Oh, for sure. You know, and then, uh, of course, my wife is an entrepreneur. So, you know, I just, I have an affinity for the community. I see the impact that they have. I see... I mean, I, I am humbled by the small businesses that I work with because they, and the people that I work with, because they are taking incredible risks to do what they do because they're passionate about it, because they care, because they see it as an amazing opportunity. And, and so often it's, it's what puts their kids through college. It's what creates their... It's the American dream, it, right? It really is. Yeah. And so I just, I feel... You know, just it's such a great opportunity for me to and and to be able to serve that community and to and to hopefully lend a helping hand where where needed to help business owners be successful and 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 like you said, live that American dream. And so fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Bo, for being on the show. One last question: How would you recommend if people want to? contact of how best to access all of these programs and resources that the Small Business Administration offers for small businesses. Absolutely. So I would recommend for our Illinois listeners here to go to www.sba.gov forward slash IL for Illinois. And that'll have all the information on our local SBA district office, as well as all the activities, resources that are available here. As I mentioned, sba.gov is a great resource for everyone and has loads of information there. Kind of cool thing is we're doing a lot of work using webinars and other technology tools so that people can access the information without having to go downtown to Chicago or go to Springfield or wherever. So. So check the website yeah, there for uh, upcoming workshops. And I assume there's also a contact us kind of form if if you're not sure of which SBDC office or even if that's where you should go in order to be able to get them to the right, right resources. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Before we wrap up, we're going to have just a time for our weekly entrepreneur tip. This week's tip is courtesy of Brene Brown, author of Daring Greatly, which is a book that I absolutely loved, and I'm going to do a book review on it on one of our upcoming shows. She is somebody I really respect and admire. She says what she thinks, and she doesn't pull any punches. Her tip for this week is get better at asking for help. Here's the quote. 
that I lifted from her Daring Greatly book. Somehow we've come to equate success with not needing anyone. Many of us are willing to extend a helping hand, but we're very reluctant to reach out for help when we need it ourselves. It's as if we've divided the world into those who offer help and those who need help. And the truth is that we are both. I see Bo, who's still here in the studio, is smiling and nodding. And I picked this quote because I came from a farming community where you, you were wired up to get things done yourself, figure it out. Maybe you could depend on your neighbors, maybe you couldn't. But in today's world, I think the successful entrepreneur is someone who reaches out and finds that support network isn't afraid to say, I don't know how to do this, or I'm not sure how, and reaches out. All right, well, that's our show for this week. Once again, thanks to Bo Steiner, the Illinois District Director from the SBA, for being our fantastic guest this week. That's our show. Thanks so much for listening. You can find helpful information and resources on my law website, forsythialaw.com, or my consulting site, which is globalocityservices.com, where there's a whole library of blogs, tools, podcasts, and other resources. Don't forget to email me with any suggestions, challenges, possible guests, or you'd love to chat. Nagel at lakesradio.org. I would love to hear from you. Be sure to join us on August 24th when our guests will be Tom and Evie Caprell, co-owners of Breakthrough, when we'll chat with them about business succession planning. And just in case you think that's only for established family businesses or maybe big, big companies like Disney, you will hear when you join us why almost all businesses need to plan for succession and how they should go about it. So until then, everybody, happy entrepreneuring. Mm -hmm.